Well, happy New Year's Eve, Eve, this evening. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why don't you all welcome our online audience this evening? I know it's always a little strange. Last weekend, last Saturday, we had an evening service as well. We kept saying good morning, good morning, good morning, because we're used to meeting on Sunday mornings. But we're closing out the year this evening in our Saturday evening um, uh, service just because tomorrow is New Year's Eve and we decided that we uh, would, you know, spend our time with our family and friends and whatnot so that you didn't have to um, come to church in the morning. But this is kind of cool. How many of you like the evening service? Not that we're going to change it. Don't get any ideas. Uh, I mean, things are always subject to change. You know, I'm not just going to put it, you know, say for sure no, but uh, I kind of like it. I kind of think it's cool. Don't you think, Krista? No, maybe. Yeah, you like the mornings better? Yeah. I like the mornings. I like the mornings, Sunday mornings. But, um, hey, before, before we get into the message, um, I wanted to bring up that uh, I hope you had the opportunity to watch our last couple of table talks. How many of you got a chance to see that? Pastor and I always end the year with a couple of table talks that we do it in two parts because what we do is we do a year in review where we actually go through each month's series that we have had throughout the year. And we just go into it a little bit different in the sense that we give you a snippet of the summary and then we talk a little bit through, we'll give like highlights of messages he's given or messages that I've given. But I know that many of you have messaged us and told us that you've enjoyed that. So I hope you had an opportunity to check that out. Um, I, I want to say that we are incredibly humbled and grateful for the Lord uh, to use us as vessels to impart in your lives. Amen. And, and we don't take that lightly. We take that as a huge responsibility. Because when you pour into someone's life, when you teach from the word of God, it, is, it carries a lot of weight and a lot of responsibility. So we always want to make sure that everything that we bring uh, to you, whether it is on a Sunday, whether it's on a Wednesday, that it's straight from the heart of God, straight from his word, and uh, we never want to deviate from that. Uh, so I hope that you were blessed by doing a little bit of a review that we did for this year. I know it spoke to me and Pastor, and we always say this, that when we look back, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? When we look back and we kind of do a little bit of dissecting of each and every one of the series throughout the months, we realize that God was speaking to us through it, through it all. He was preparing us for the next month or the next six months or the next year because I believe that God's word is eternal, right? And so his word continues to speak to us. And so I just wanted to bring that up because if you had not had an opportunity to take a listen to it, I encourage you to do so. You can look at our uh, YouTube channel and find it there uh, for the last ones. I want to say that uh, I am encouraging you once again to stay tuned for some new and upcoming interviews that I'm going to be doing for Table Talk as well. And uh, they're going to be uh, mostly, a lot of them are going to start to kick off even in January. Does anybody want a little preview? Thank you, all five of you. Does anyone want a preview? Yeah? No? Little, little teeny-weeny bit preview? All right. Well, I wrote some highlights down. But uh, some of our favorites will be back, Dr. Laura Sanger will be back. I know that some of you like seeing her. She's been on our program several times. Ryan Peterson as well. He's uh, scheduled to meet with me this coming month. Uh, I've got L.A. Marzulli as well, who's coming back. Uh, some of you might think, oh boy, yes, L.A. Marzulli's coming back actually. And I have a couple of new guests coming on. One of them is uh, Pastor Mondo Gonzalez. I mentioned it last week or a couple of weeks ago. He's from Prophecy Watchers. And uh, I can't wait to have you hear what we are going to be talking about. But some of the points that we're going to be talking about uh, is the status in Israel, the things that are happening in Israel, the war in Israel, and that sort of thing. We're also going to be touching on the red heifers. 
Ah, some of you are aware. I know Tish is. Uh, we're going to be touching on the red heifers. I know I've taught on that in the past. Take a listen to it when it comes on because it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, then we're also going to be talking about the UFO agenda. Thank you, Martha, for that uh, response. Mm, yes, we're going to be talking about the UFO agenda. And we're also going to be talking about one world government. So it's, it's a lot of like deep dives, if you will, a lot of deep uh, information that we're going to be giving. I'm also going to be bringing on a, a brand new uh, friend that I have met, and she is an author of a book, and her name is uh, Vicki Joy Anderson, and I'm super excited to bring her on. You're going to get to see her in the month of, well, I'm going to be meeting her in January. I'll see when we air that, but I'll let you know when. But she actually wrote a very interesting book on sleep paralysis. Yes, sleep paralysis. I'll leave that there. So those are some of the highlights for Table Talk. Who's excited? I've also been invited on some other programs and some other podcasts, so y'all pray for Pastora. Come on now, pray for me. It's going to be a busy year, I guarantee you. But I'm super excited about what the Lord is doing, a lot of new stuff. So we're here. We are here. Today is actually the last installment of our series, I Choose Blank. You fill in the blank. I choose, and it's also the last service of the year. 2023 has come and gone, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe it? In a blinking of an eye, has it not? And in a little over 24 hours from now, we turn the page, and the year 2024 will enter the scene. Who all, by a show of hands, is excited for 2024? Anybody? Okay, that's interesting. Who is uh, not excited? Okay, okay, very good. Who had an awesome year? Okay, okay. Who had an I will take it and then some I will leave year? It's probably most of us, right? Okay, all right. Well, I want to go directly to it this evening, and let's go to our foundational verse and our verses, and it is found in the book of John. I want us to go to the book of John, chapter number 14, and I absolutely love the book of John. Who's with me? The book of John, chapter number 14, if you're there, shout out, amen. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to go through 11. We're going to skip through some other verses throughout the book of John as well. So I hope you pay attention. If you're going to be taking notes, I'll try to be a little slow. But in reality, this is where we find our foundational verse. And this is what I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit is leading us for the message today as we close out this year. Amen? And it says here in verse 1 of chapter number 14 of the book of John. Let not your hearts be troubled. I'm going to repeat that. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. We all know that this is in red letters. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 2 says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have, have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Verse 4, and you know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? 
Do, not believe, do, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. And then verse 11 says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So today's message title is, Let Not Your Hearts Be Troubled. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, I thank you for your word, for it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you for this powerful word that you have given us this evening, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will open up the hearts and the minds of everyone that is here and everyone that is at the sound of my voice, hearing everything that is being spoken today, Father. I step out of the way. And I said, I say, Lord, you have your way. You do and say whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say, Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church says, amen. Amen. So as we close out 2023, some might be elated that this year is over, while others would love a repeat of what this year has brought. And as we saw just a few moments ago, there's a mix of feelings about 2023, turning the page and going into the new year. I personally always have this conversation with the Lord before the year ends. And I have a talk with the Lord about the upcoming year. Obviously, we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know what's going to come. Right? Amen. If you look at 2022 last year and 2023 was just about to start, we had no idea what would take place throughout this year, right? So we don't know what's going to take place as the page turns. My conversation sometimes looks something like this. I'll say, Lord, what do you have in store for us in the new year? What do you have in store for our ministry what do you have in store for the people that you've entrusted us with? What do you have in store for us? And whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that it'll honor you and that it'll bring you glory. Whatever happens, may you receive all of the glory and all of the honor. So my prayer goes something like that before the end of the year, just because I know that he's got our tomorrow. Amen. He holds our future in his hands and he knows what's to come and he equips us. Amen. I come into each year and you might agree with me on this with a spirit of expectation. Yes, but also some apprehension because apprehension for me sometimes is that little voice that tries to creep up at times and cause a little bit of fear, a little bit of shakiness. Amen? If we're honest, sometimes we worry about to what tomorrow holds. The unknowns can sometimes cause us angst or uneasiness at times. Am I alone here? I know that that's me. If that's not you, well, maybe I should rub shoulders with you just a little longer <laughs> And maybe I can gain some, you know, positivity from you or something. But it's true. Sometimes we look into a new year and we think, man, there were some negative things this past year. I hope they don't repeat themselves. I think it's a normal feeling, don't you? So I know it's been that way for me in particular this year. Many of you know that when pastor and I gave our yes to God for moving back down here to South Florida, we really didn't know what that was going to look like. It was really a mixture of emotions. Amen. It felt like I mentioned it to the church many a times, but I felt at peace knowing that we were doing the right thing that we were doing what God told us to do, that we were doing the right 
thing and what God instructed us specifically to do. Yet at the same time, not knowing what it would look like in the coming months made me uneasy at times. Am I alone in that? So when we don't know what tomorrow holds, it can make us uneasy. So before Jesus utters the words in John 14:1, let not your hearts be troubled, he knew that the, the disciples were in fact troubled. Some of the things that Jesus was revealing basically was shocking to them. If you go to the previous chapters, he foretells of his death. He washes the feet of the disciples. He teaches them to do likewise. He discloses that one of them would betray him. So imagine, as if that wasn't alarming enough, after Judas ends up leaving the room, Jesus then tells the rest of them that he's going to go away and that they cannot follow him. The final blow comes in chapter 13 when he reveals to Peter that he would be denying Jesus three times. You see, Jesus knew what was to happen. Jesus is in our tomorrow, and he was giving them clues. Surely, imagine for a moment being in that room, there had to be some nervous unrest because they didn't know what was to happen. They didn't know what the future was going to hold. They didn't know what was going to take place. They didn't fully understand what Jesus was describing. Yet Jesus had given them, given them enough clues for them to know that when these things would take place, they would believe that he was who he said he was. And I'll pause there for a minute because, in fact, that is what the Bible does for us, doesn't it? That is what Jesus does for us. He gives us enough clues in his word to know what are the prophetic signs and seasons that are to come. Amen? And so when we are watchful of those signs and we see some of those things begin to take place, we go, hmm, wait a second. I've read that somewhere in scripture. And whatever Jesus said will come to pass. Amen? So enter chapter number 14. Jesus calms their fears by giving them a mental picture, if you will, of a special place in the Father's house that is prepared for them, that he was going to prepare for them. And I believe that these first few verses have like a dual meaning, if you will. One of them is a picture of the catching away, better known as the rapture of the church. How many of you are aware of that? the rapture of the church. And although the disciples didn't get raptured because that event hasn't happened yet, that is a future event, one that we need to look towards, one that we need to be hopeful for, a future event. But the verbiage here is reminiscent of the bridegroom going back to the father's house to prepare a place for his bride. And when the bridegroom returns, he takes his bride back to his father's house to be with him forever. So you see, this verbiage is actually a dual verbiage. He was giving comfort to the disciples, yes, but I believe personally that it is also a picture of Jesus coming back for his bride. Amen. Nevertheless, it was a promise that Jesus was giving them at the moment, at that moment and in and that time. Why? To calm their fears, because they did not understand fully. He would be gone for some time, but he was coming back. Truthfully, he did, because after the uh, death and burial of Jesus came the resurrection. And how many of you know that for a whole 40 days, Jesus appears to the disciples and to many that saw him. And he gives them instructions. And he gives them teachings. 
So he appears for 40 days. So in fact, many of the times where Jesus says, you won't see me for a little while, but then you'll see me and you'll have great joy. This is what he was referring to. But also the dual meaning there also comes where Jesus is going away after his resurrection and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is going to come again. Amen? So we have to have great expectation for it is our hope. So this really isn't necessarily a rapture message, but I want to clarify that the return of Jesus is twofold. Twofold. He returns for his bride, the church, at the time of the rapture or the catching away that Paul describes. And while the seven-year tribulation is happening here on earth, we who are with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then after the seven-year tribulation, what happens is he returns to earth, and we come with him, and he sets up his kingdom here on earth. So I want you to understand that when we say Jesus is going to return, Jesus has already come once as a child, which we celebrated last week, well, supposedly the day of his birthday, but we really don't know exactly. Many scholars speculate that it was more in, this, in uh, September, and maybe it even co coincided with the Feast of Tabernacles, which would make so much sense because God with us, Feast of Tabernacles, right? He tabernacled with us. But what I'm saying is he came that one time as a baby. He won't come as a baby again, ladies and gentlemen. I have news for you. He will come again to take us, his bride, his church, in the catching away. And we will be with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb for seven years during that seven-year time. And here on earth, there will be a seven-year tribulation where we don't want anyone, and this is the reason why today after this message, we're going to have communion and we're going to pray for those that you have been interceding for that need Jesus in their hearts because we don't want anyone to be left here when the catching away happens. Okay? Because the seven-year tribulation is going to be unlike anything you have ever seen or can even imagine while that's happening here on this earth. So Jesus comes, but he doesn't step foot on this earth at the catching away. Then, after the seven-year tribulation, after the marriage supper of the Lamb that we're with him in heaven, then is when he comes and he steps foot in the Mount of Olives in Israel. And that's where he will establish his millennial kingdom. Everybody with me? Okay. So again, that's not the purpose of today's message, but I really felt in my heart that some clarification needed to take place with that. How many of you would say tonight that that makes a little, a little more sense to you? Thank you for that. Amen. All right. So... Uh, as a matter of fact, just recently I was invited to my friend's uh, radio program and we had a two-part series where we talked about the rapture. If you want to uh, listen to that, you can go on. I think I have it on my Facebook page. Okay, back to the message. Everybody say, back to the message. Are you all awake? You should be. It's evening. It's not morning where people get sleepy in the morning. All right, if you notice from... Verse 23 of chapter number 14, if you're still in chapter 14 there, but if you are going through verse 23 of chapter 14 and all through chapter 15 and up until chapter 16, verse 16, it's all in red. It's all red letters. So it's all Jesus speaking, giving instructions, warning them, giving them warning, giving them reassurance. It's all about that. And he, he is teaching them about abiding in him, about loving him, about keeping his word, about loving one another. He explains how the Father would send the helper, that's a capital H, talking about the Holy Spirit of promise, the spirit of truth, Ruach HaKodesh in Hebrew, the spirit of truth, the one who would bring to remembrance all of the things that Jesus said. Amen. And I absolutely love the fact that Jesus promises that he would not leave us alone. 
that he would send the Holy Spirit of promise. And in fact, the Holy Spirit came. Jesus continues to calm their fears by saying in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I love how he repeats himself there. Why? Because he knew that we needed to hear it again. So Jesus here is saying, I leave you my peace. My peace I give to you. And then he goes on to say, not as the world gives it to you. You see, because this world will never, never give us any peace. This culture will not give us peace. This world will not give us peace. Your friends won't give you peace. Your spouse won't give you peace. Your, your uh, family won't give you peace. Sure, you'll feel peaceful at times, but that inner peace that Jen, Minister Jen was describing earlier, that inner peace only comes from him because it's a promise. My goodness, haven't we gone through difficult times in our lives? Very difficult times in our lives. My goodness, sometimes our boat is rocked. And we question things. And sometimes that rug is pulled from underneath us. And it's hard. This life can be really hard. And we say it's not fair. But I, I tell you today, I tell you tonight, that only Jesus can give us peace. When we don't feel like we're going to get peace, he gives it to us. When Pastor and I were making this decision, moving back from North Carolina to here, we didn't do that just because. We did that because we knew that God was calling us to do so. But I'll tell you, it rocked us. Krista, it rocked my boat. I liked North, North Carolina. Not that I don't like Florida, but North Carolina, people are nice. Amen? Have you ever been to North Carolina? They are nice people. I wish more North Carolinians came to South Florida. Can I get an amen? Pastor almost got run over the other day by someone here. And, and the lady ends up beeping at him as if it was his fault. So when the Lord told us to move back, and I'm, I mean, heck, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a South Florida. I was born and raised in Miami, guys. It's not that I hate Miami, don't get me wrong, but I was, I was liking North Carolina. But man, when the Lord presses upon your heart to do something, to say, time, leave, now, move, do. When he presses upon your heart to do that, I have news for you. Yes, it'll rock your boat. Yes, it'll rock everything that you ever knew, anything that you ever knew to be comfort, to be what you've known. But when he tells you, he can instill an enormous amount of peace that no one can ever take from you and no one can ever give you except him. Amen? And so as we begin the new year, and we don't know what's ahead, he'll give us peace when we need it. Amen? It's a promise. So chapter 15, Jesus describes being the vine, the father being the vine dresser and his followers, the branches. I love chapter 15 of the book of John. And there's an incredible amount of richness in these chapters. I really encourage you to go back and ponder and meditate on those verses in the book of John. He also warns them that persecution would come. And he made them aware that the world would hate them because of Christ. Gee, do those words ring true today? as we knock on the door of 2024. I have news for you. We're hated. I have to say that with a little bit of a smile on my face. <laughs> because it's the truth. We are hated. We're hated for believing and loving Christ and following Christ. And I have news for you. Sometimes it's not the most popular stance. Amen? 
Because the culture will say something and this world will say something. But the Bible says something entirely different. And it's not sometimes a comfortable place to be in. But we have to know that we know that they're the words of the Father. So those words still ring true to this day. With the world really turning more upside down than ever before, we will witness persecution and hatred for those that call evil good and good evil. And so after these things, look at chapter number 16. Chapter number 16, verses 17 through 22, it says this. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. So we, again, we see here that they still had questions and they wondered what these things meant. But now look at chapter number 16, verses 19 through 22. We've got some red letters coming up. Jesus, see, it says in verse 19 that Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will See, you will not see me, and again a little while and you'll see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one, no one, no one will take your joy from you. Hallelujah. Now jump to verse 25 through 33. Jesus here is saying, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Watch verse 29. His disciple says, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Ah, now, they say. Ah, they believe. And verse 31, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered. Look at this prophecy and look at exactly what took place. That you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's review again the undeniable words of Jesus, the undeniable comforting words of Jesus, alarming but comforting. And I want us to realize that they are applicable to us and for us today. Number one, he promises us a place together with him and the Father. Aren't you glad for that? When we come into relationship with Christ, we are promised a place with him and his Father. Number two, the promise of peace that nothing in this world can or ever will compare. 
Glory to God for that. Number three, he said that he would send the comforter, the Holy Spirit of promise, the one who would bring to their remembrance all that Jesus did. And through that, now we have his holy word. We have the book of the Bible that we can abide by. Amen? And also now, for those of us who are in covenant in a relationship with him, we have the power of the Holy Spirit abiding in us. Because when we accept Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, the Holy Spirit of promise, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, abides in us. It is a supernatural event that takes place that is inexplicable yet powerful. Because for those of us that have Christ in our hearts, do you understand that the Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us? How do you explain that? How do you Wrap your mind around that. How do you reconcile that? But it's in the word. And it is truth. Amen? It's, this is powerful. This is absolutely powerful. And so, person of the Holy Spirit, you see, because the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not some plug that you plug to the wall. He's not some woo spirit or a ghost. Yes, he is the Holy Ghost, but he is a person. The person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit comforts us, gives us peace. The person of the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts when we are doing things that we're not supposed to be doing that are not good, things that come contrary to the word of God. And I will add to this that when we come in agreement with the things of this world and not in agreement with the things of God, the Holy Spirit convicts us. And he says, hey, you remember what the word says? Abide by it. Abide by it. That's what the Holy Spirit of promise does. He convicts us. He doesn't condemn. That's the job of the enemy. He condemns us. The Holy Spirit never condemns. He convicts. Amen? Are you getting something this evening so far? Number four, Jesus assured the disciples that he would visit them again at his resurrection. We know that that took place. We know that that's what's exa what exactly happened. He said also that he would see them again. Verse, I mean, uh, point number five, the promise that they and we would receive peace regardless of the troubles this world may bring by virtue of his victory. Glory to God. So, as I read these scriptures to you this evening, it is my hope that we cling to them as we turn the page and enter with blank pages a new year. As I said at the beginning, perhaps you're entering the new year with gladness because it's a turning point. You're done with 2023. You don't want to see it again, whatever case that is for you. We can all agree, though, that in this world, there is much trouble. Amen? In this world, there is much trouble. The signs of the times are becoming clearer by the second. Not by the day, by the second. The signs of the times are becoming more clearer to believers that the Lord's return is right around the corner. Right around the corner. He's closer than ever before. Headlines are becoming grimmer, darker, Lawlessness continues to increase. Gee, much like the word tells us would happen in these last days. I believe, though, that 2024 will be a turning point. 
I suspect that this coming year will be an interesting one, for a lack of a better word. I believe it will be a very interesting. As you know, we have elections coming. Mm -hmm, I hear you. And I'm sure that you'll agree with me that now more than ever, there is a great divide, not only in our country, but in the world. Not only is it an election year, and we all know what happened in the last presidential election year, but it's also a pivotal one. Now, let me put your mind at ease. This is not a political message. However, we did witness an enormous division in our country the last time we had an election. And what I noticed is the unfortunate thing is that a lot of this divide came from Christians themselves. And I suspect that it may be the case again as we enter into this new year. Now, I don't want to alarm you or put any uh, doubt or any fear in any of us, but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. But I also want you to keep these scriptures in the forefront of your mind. If you recall, just a few years ago, we had the whole world stopped. We had a pandemic. Where else and when else in history did we see that something so drastic affected the whole world? Oh, yes, I remember as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah. What else does Jesus say about that? As in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Hmm. Again, I don't intend to bring a Debbie Downer message. This is not what it's about. On the contrary, the purpose of the scriptures, again, that I've read to you today is to remind us that we have hope, that we have peace, that we have joy, that we could say bye to shame, right? Bye to all those things, and we can accept the peace and the joy that only he can bring. Amen? We know who holds our tomorrow. But see, similar to the disciples at that time who didn't know what was to come, we too don't know what tomorrow brings. We too don't know what 2024 will bring and beyond. However, they were reassured by the words of their master. And so we too are reassured by the words of our master. Because Jesus' words resound forever, through millennia, amen? Through seasons of highs and lows, his words still resound. And all that Jesus said and predicted happened exactly the way that he said it would. And there's still more to come, more that's going to be taking place. 2024 might be the year of some of those fulfillments. We don't know. So if you're here today, or you're listening online, and perhaps you feel somewhat apprehensive for what's to come, what lies ahead, let me reassure you with these words from our Messiah. Matthew 6, 25 through 34 says, in red letters once again, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither, they neither to toil nor spin. 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, and which, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? I'll add to this, because I don't add to the word, but I'm just saying, my words, just now. What will 2024 bring? Right? Verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows our needs. He knows what we need and what we don't need. Amen? But watch verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'm here to tell you that the return of Jesus is truly imminent. Again, not to put fear, but to put hope. It's also a time of decision. Our series this entire month has been about choices. This is actually part five. We've had five weekends. So I think that that's pretty interesting, that the Lord would have us have a series about choices five times this month. As the new year begins and brings both excitement and uncertainty because of the unknown, may we remember that God is in our tomorrow and we should not fear because he always, always, always promises to be with us no matter what. May we choose to trust him Rest in knowing that he's got us in the very palm of his precious and mighty hand. May we choose joy. May we choose peace. May we choose his love. May we choose his strength. May we hold on to his promises. Amen? Amen. And then the title of today's message, Let Not Your Hearts Be Troubled. Jesus' statement right after that, he says, Believe in God. Believe also in me. So my question to you tonight is, who do you believe? Who do you believe? Will you stand with me? You know, all of the promises of peace and hope that Jesus makes throughout the word of God are for those who are in a covenant relationship with him. And he's basically wooing the world, come, I'll give you peace. Come, I'll give you joy. Come as you are. If you're here this evening, or maybe you're watching online and you've never made a commitment to follow Christ, you have never actually asked God for forgiveness and opened up your heart and made a decision to follow him. Tonight's your night. Tonight is a night of decision. Romans 10, 9 through 13 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, look what happens. It says, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone, for everyone, for everyone, not a select few, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise that you can take to the bank. 
So maybe you're here today and you've made that decision in the past or at some point in time in your life, but you really, really and truly haven't been living for Jesus the way that you ought. And you know it. You know it. Deep down, you know it. Today is your opportunity to recommit your life to him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, in a way, I don't like doing that, if I'm honest. But I know for the purpose of some that might be a little shy or timid, we say it. However, you're faced with a choice today. What will you choose? Or rather, who will you choose? Tomorrow's not a guarantee. And remember, Pastor mentioned that last week several times, right? Won't you go into the new year with Christ in your heart and ready to make a new start? Think about it this way. You're starting anew. Why not start with Christ in your heart? So if that's you, will you be bold enough this evening, bold enough this evening to say, that's me. I want to make a fresh start. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and lift your hand so that I can see you to know to pray for you. Anyone in this place right here, right now, if you're bold enough, raise your hand while others are just praying. And if you're listening online and that's you, we're about to pray a prayer all together so that Jesus can be the Lord and master of your life. And you can start 2024 saying, I've accepted Jesus and not be ashamed of it. Amen. So can we say this prayer? Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus into my heart as my Lord and as my Savior. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my redeemer. Be my everything. I give you control. And now I ask the Holy Spirit to guide me, to comfort me, to convict me, and to give me peace when I need it. I thank you, Father, for from this day forward, I choose to serve you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Give God some praise for that. For there are angels rejoicing in heaven right now for those that have received Jesus into their hearts for the first time or maybe you've recommitted your heart to him this evening. I don't know where your heart lies, but he knows. He knows it better than you know it yourself. So I praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord for your life. And so I want to wish our online audience a happy new year and tell them to jo join us next Wednesday for our table talk. We're going to be talking about our 21-day fast, so tune in for that. And then we're going to reconvene next Sunday uh, for our morning service on Sunday morning at 10 in the morning. So God bless you for those of you that are listening online. If you made that commitment for the first time, please send us an email. Uh, reach out to us through all of the social media outlets, and we will sure be sure to reach out to you as well. God bless you as you tune out this evening. Happy New Year.